All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. It wasn't pretty, but the Oilers found a way to get the job done, and they started the homestand on the right foot. There is a lot to get to today, including a wildly entertaining game on Saturday night. So let's jump into it with the lead. The lead is brought to you by our friends at Soho on Jasper Ave. Find them online, SohoYeg.com. How about their game day specials? Not only will the Oilers game be on a 100-inch screen, but there are specials on beer, half-price wings, and for just over eight bucks, you can get a pint and a slice. And I've seen the sizes of their slices. They're rather large. It's They're really good. It's the best deal going. It's good. It is. Head down to Soho on Jasper tonight to enjoy the game or any night because they also have great live music. The lead, hey, that maybe wasn't the prettiest outing for the Oilers, but they found a way to win. They didn't start great. They needed their power play to come and really get things back on track for them. But a win's a win. Fair or should we maybe critique this a little bit more? I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't critique the crap out of this. Because that is a win that we were lucky to get. Lucky. See, and I wouldn't go as far as to call it a lucky win. Um you know, they played to their strengths. Their strengths just happened to be scoring a ton on the power play, and they got a ton of power play. 60 minutes of power play time, and the Oilers are an absolute juggernaut. That's fair. Coombsy, what, what was your kind of overall impression of that win on Saturday night? Chaotic. It was one that I don't think you're going to look back and be like, you know what? This was a dominant win. I'm feeling really good about the team going on a run. But to be fair to them... They've played a lot in the past month or so. It was 14 games in November. It's going to be another 15 games in December. They traveled out east twice in November. Look, four different guys from their top nine forward group are hurt. A lot of these wins in this kind of softer schedule in December, tons of games against kind of mediocre teams. Some of them just aren't going to be nice wins. You have so many injuries and you just have to get the two points. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Oilers right now. Yeah, and that's that's where I came out on that game, too. It's like, okay, like, yeah, it wasn't the prettiest outing at all. And a lot of things had to break your way, not just go your way, but you needed some breaks in that game to get away with those two points. But, you know, they've had some solid victories, the comeback against the Rangers, the late game where they dominated the the Florida Panthers and got the tie and goal late is what I was trying to say there. Um, like, those were both impressive in my opinion and against montreal you just found a way to squeak it out and sometimes that's okay uh let's get into our three big things from that game presented by cornerstone insurance edmonton's premier boutique insurance coverage your destination for commercial home auto insurance 
with over 90 years of success and still growing cornerstone ins.ca they insure the nation truck that's how you know they're quality people my first one, my first of three big things from that game mcpowerplay does it again i mean the the narrative on twitter is is quickly shifting to he can't score at five on five. He's outside the top 100 in the NHL in 5v5 points per 60. Um, but I don't even view that as a critique because find me any other player in the world who can take over the game on the power play the way Connor McDavid can. It's just his strength. And, and if teams, are, if you're going to give the Oilers power play, they're going to bite you in the ass. I, I, I don't disagree. Like, you know, Good teams have good power plays, and we also have the best player on the earth yeah. uh, running our power play, and it's amazing to watch. But like, you play a team that takes away power plays from us, and quickly we are tough. We're easy to play against. We're, we're easy to beat. Yeah, and that's an issue. Like, so like, yes, I, I don't mind. Like, I, I don't care that Connor McDavid gets most of his points on the power play. That's fine. But you know, there's 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 a bigger kind of issue there. So. So if, if I'm reading what you're saying correctly here, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, it's not as much of an indictment on McDavid, but the rest of the team needs to be better at five on five. Yeah, we just need to be better at five on five in general. And sure, yeah, McDavid does need to play a role in that. The whole team yeah. does. But, you know, yeah, I, I love that he's lethal on the power play. Don't take a penalty against us because if you do, we're going to score. And that, like that's great. Um, but, you know, we got to get a little bit deeper than that. Yeah, that's fair. little uh, Monday morning roundtable action here. Coombsy on the far side. Connor McDavid. I mean, the game changed when the Oilers got, what, 10 straight minutes on the power play? What Joel did you, Edmondson. What did you make thing, of that Edmondson yeah. call? The, the Edmondson play himself, like what he did in that period, was just terrible. It was like, I, I, I think when you're playing the Oilers, you should recognize, okay, this team has an elite power play. It might be number one in the league. I don't think they have the best power play percentage right now, but if you look at the skill, it is the best power play yeah. unit in the league. And your team's already down a guy. You're already killing a two-minute penalty, and you're supposed to be that team's, what, like best veteran shutdown defender? More or less. And then you go ahead and take a five-minute major and get booted from the game. Like, Edmonton's good power play is supposed to be a deterrent from opponents doing dumb things like that because they don't want to have to kill a penalty. And you look at Montreal's PK percentage before the game, it was like, I think it was ranked number sixth in the league. So they were one of the best penalty kills coming into that, and the Oilers still capitalized. I mean... I don't know if necessarily power play goals and points are worth as much as five on five points, but they aren't worthless. I think there's a deterrent that having a good power play should make teams less stupid against you. It should. In Edmondson's case, it didn't. Um, but the reality is you have to score goals. You have to score goals somehow. It's not easy to score goals in any context. And I mean, having a lethal power play is it's important. They're losing to find a way to score and they need to find a way to win. It's a tool. It it's is a weapon, but we need more weapons. They need more tools in the toolkit. And I think that's a fair way to put it, which brings me to my second point, which was the five on five play. Yes, the Oilers actually outscored the Habs at five on five, but the shots were 26 to 15, according to natural statric. The scoring chances were 17 to 16 for Montreal as well. The five on five play is it's a legitimate concern right now. They're winning and that's great. And winning off the back of a strong power play is not worthless. Power play goals are not worthless, even if random people on Twitter want to tell you that Connor McDavid's not that good because he just racks up the power play points and all of that stuff. But long-term success, to be a sustainable top-tier team at the NHL level, you need to be much, much better at five-on-five. Five. So who are you looking at on this roster right now and kind of going like, ah, we need more from them because part of it is the top line and the big guns, sure. But I'm looking at guys like Nugent Hopkins. He's scoring a ton, but when he's on the ice, they, they seem to be getting outshot a lot. The depth of this team is, is where I'm looking and going, man, the bottom nine, let's call it. They need to do a better job of not, not even scoring, but create positive momentum, set the table for the big guns at five on five. The people I'm looking at don't play on our team. You're looking at players on other teams. Yes, that's the issue. Okay. We need to address our depth, and I will not stop beating the defense drum. We need to address their defense. You think it's like you needing to add defense that can create offense? No, we got we got, we got lots of that. We need def defense that can actually be defense. I just feel like right now, and I kind of said this in my first point. It's hard to look at the team right now and be like, ah, they need more depth scoring. Like, who are you asking that from? Like Matthias Janmark? Yeah, they're not Clint on our Boston. team. Yeah, exactly. Those guys are those are your those are your backups. Those are your call ups. Like Kyler Yamamoto, Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod. A whole bunch of guys are out. Evander Kane's out. Like. 
yeah, ideally you'd like someone to come up from the AHL and pop off with like a nice hot streak, but it's probably just not going to happen right now. But let's go through the names. I I I will defend Matthias Janmark. <laughs> he I, has played well. He has. Clayton Costin's played well he too. He has played well, and he should, and, and he would have made the team. He like it was he just a cap yeah. thing. Like he is actually a legit bottom six guy. That was one good thing. Yours done. Clem Clem Clem. Clem 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 Mister Clem. Uh, he shows he shows some uh, brilliance, but okay. You mentioned McLeod, who's been struggling this year, but he still looks like he's flying and can be a contributor. Fogel is still, yeah, he he had a little hot streak there, but he was given a lot of opportunity. You can't say yeah. that he's really proven as a bottom six guy um, when he should be being paid as a top nine guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's some there's some holes there that we need to address. Like Brad Malone's our fir- uh, fourth line center. Yes, I like the energy that he brings, and hopefully people can feed off of that and the grit that he brings. But you know, I just we I, I think with our current roster construction, our depth scoring isn't quite where it needs to be in terms of the talent we have on the bottom six. It's also I'm looking at the lineup you guys have posted on there right now, and it's kind of given all the injuries and and the situation where why on earth is Dylan Holloway still on the fourth line? I mean, if you're if you're not going <laughs> to hey. elevate him up the lineup when Yamamoto and Fogel are gone, <laughs> when are you going to do it? Why is he playing with Tyler Benson and Brad Malone? That's a second line on the Condors. <laughs> I'm like, I'm with you. What is that? What's if you're if you do really think that there's more upside in playing Yanmark there than there is on Holloway, I don't I don't buy it. But I do wonder if maybe once they start getting healthier, they look at some different looks. And Liam, that's why I wanted to bring you in the show because it's been 11 minutes and I haven't gotten your take on anything yet. <laughs> Hello. Do you, does this team have a legitimate depth problem and that's why they can't score a five on five? Or do you think there's reason to believe that like, okay, if you had McLeod and Fogel and Yamo and Kane and those four pieces in the lineup, like maybe their five on five play would get better? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Like Those guys are NHL players and right now the Oilers are like, Coombe just said the fourth line is essentially a second line in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they said today on the radio that Benson was going to be out of the lineup, and I would assume that's replaced by Yamamoto. Yep. But the Holloway thing is quite baffling, really. Like, what has this kid really got to do? He literally scored a, a goal last week and was involved in and the And then first he was right back goals. on the fourth line. Yeah. Didn't give him any added opportunity after no. that great game. It was weird. Yeah. It's a very Todd McClellan y thing to do to a young player, in my opinion. That's something we saw him do with guys like Pugliarvi and Yamamoto when he was first here. It was like, hey, they play a good game, and then, oh, one more mistake, they're back on the fourth line for good. And it, like, I, I just don't quite understand it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought Woodcroft would take more risks on younger guys right now because there's nobody else to really take risks on. And he has an experience of playing with most of these guys in Bakersfield anyways. So it's kind of, kind of strange, I suppose, but also to Coombe's point again, like, kind of what the hand they've been dealt at the moment. There isn't yep. enough guys in the lineup to worry about this team's depth scoring, I don't think. Yeah, I, yeah, it probably is a little bit of A and a little bit of B with, with everything going on in the depth right now. Um, I, but a little bit of C. Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see that coming. Well, yeah, that was <laughs> good. A good pull. Uh, the third big thing I had from the game uh, presented by Cornerstone Insurance, the penalty kill can go to hell. <laughs> and that is a line Shoot that is off an, to the moon. That is an old line from my friend Low Tide. It is terrible, 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 terrible. They allowed another two power play goals against in the month or since November 1st. They are 30th in the NHL in PK percentage. I don't get it. Their penalty kill had stretches last year under Woodcroft where they were fine. Automatic. It was good. Their special teams in the past with the group of players they currently have more or less has been a strength and they just cannot figure it out right now. And the one thing to point out, Mike Smith was the number one PK save percentage goalie in the league during his time here. Is it really goaltending or are they just so broken? It looks like everything like, yeah, maybe you need a big save at one point. I think that Suzuki won the first shot probably could have been stopped by Skinner, but they are bleeding chances. They look very weak structurally. And I will still harp on this. They get the puck and their first thought most of the time is not ice it. Their first thought is, is there a pass? Can we get moving up ice? And it's bit them in the ass a few times. Not just being committed to getting pucks out quickly has hurt them. Do you guys see anything else? You just like listed 10 things. I Well, and like, <laughs> isn't that messed up? Like there's so much going wrong with this penalty kill. 
I think it'd be kind of strange. Like, I mean, I'm always happy to give Mike Smith credit. I was a Mike Smith fan while he was playing here. And I think there definitely was benefits to having him being kind of a player coach on the ice, bossing guys around, yep. shouting at them. But also you have a coaching staff. I mean, Dave Manson, we talked when they called him and Woodcroft up to replace, um, to, to take over the bench last year. It was, oh yeah, these guys are like really good X and O guys. They're really good video room guys looking at like specific plays and like things to do. And it's weird that it just hasn't happened. Like, do you really need a player goalie coach on the ice to tell your guys? And Duncan Keith. Be? And Duncan Keith too. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I mean, there's no doubt that those are losses, but where's your coaching staff and the learning opportunities and the teaching opportunities we were talking about the whole time with the, with the Woodcroft coaching staff. It's like, do you really need coaches on the ice? Is, is there that much of a disconnect between, you know, before the game in the video room on the bench and then on the ice? It's, it's, it's quite baffling to me. Yeah. Um, I last year their penalty kill was basically league average. I, I'm kind of just looking at the numbers right now. If just losing, I mean, or maybe it's fair losing Mike Smith and Duncan Keith. Is that enough to take your PK from league average to league bottom? I don't know. Hey, Chris Russell too. Don't forget him. Oh yeah. Shot the best, machine. best shot blocker of all time. I will say, I mean, I, I don't know if this is a significant game changer for the Oilers, but I did find it kind of puzzling that they opted to not bring back Russell and sign Ryan Murray instead. Just Weird. like, yeah, he, he, for Russell, for all of his deficiencies as a player, at least he was really good at one thing, and that was blocking shots, plugging up the lane, penalty killing. And you'd think they would just want to bring that specific sk skill set back, and he's not playing anywhere. Last year, from the time Jay Woodcroft took over till the end of the regular season, they had the 10th best penalty, tied for ninth with Colorado, actually, at 82.1%. They were a top 10 PK. And somehow now they have just completely bottomed out. The, the Russell thing was weird too, because we heard from the beginning of the off season. I remember Gregor had mentioned this a few times. I like, no, the organization has told Chris Russell, they don't plan on bringing him back. And they let him know where they like, go find another team somewhere. We're not re-signing you. And then it was surprised weird. no one signed him like at all, especially just, again, you mentioned the intangibles that guy brings. You think if you're a team looking for a seventh defenseman, you'd love to have a guy like that around. Yeah, that's who I would dress if I was if if I wasn't the Oilers and I was playing against the Oilers. That's yeah. the guy I would throw in in that game on the third pairing and play ten minutes at even strength and kill all the penalties. You're going up against a good power play unit. That's perfect spot for him, but no one seems interested, and I I can't really wrap my head around it. Super confusing that Chris Russell, who Liam I know you love, is still sitting just at home without <laughs> any sort of. He was contract. our cowboy. Uh, those are your three big things presented by Cornerstone Insurance. We are going to eventually move into a preview of tonight's game here on Oilers Nation every day because it is a Sherwood Ford giant game day. But first, I want to head over to the YouTube chat because I see the chat is absolutely buzzing right now. As always, Oilers Nation every day streams live on the Nation Network YouTube. Dr. Gonzo was in first. He gets the first comment of the day. He said the little yam that could is back. Yes, Kyler Yamamoto will make his return to the Oilers line tonight. Very excited to see that. Vince asked, is Hyman out? He did finish the game against Montreal, mm -hmm. but then he didn't skate yesterday. And today was an optional skate as well. So unknown on Zach Hyman. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, just probably some maintenance. I'm not probably. too concerned if he finished the game. Like, what, what could have been the injury? Concussion? But he, they, would he, he wouldn't have finished gone? the game because I thought that too, but you never know, right? With the way yeah, symptoms can set in. So I, I would say game time decision is... a what I'm assuming the language is on loss. Hyman. I would just hope they err on the side of caution. If it means Zach Hyman has to sit out a week right now to make sure there's no concussion issues, let's just make sure he's here for the rest of the season. Like that's a, a big long-term investment the Oilers have made on a player yeah. who's been fantastic thus far, and they do not want to mess around with a concussion. If um, that's what it is. Remember, this, if, is my, this is just my speculation based on the hit. No, but, it, it, but you're right. If it is, you don't want to screw things up. You want to make sure he gets the time yep. and space he needs to fully recover so there's nothing recurring happening. But yeah, he finished. With, yeah, you're right. Like concussions are uh, uh, an interesting thing because things can kick in at different times. It may not be immediate. And that was a knock to the head that he took. That was a hell of a hit too. It was a that was a that was a damn a punishment from Edmondson. I don't know what Edmondson has against Hyman. That was intense. That was a men's league coom hit. <laughs> Honestly, mine would come. Of. Mine unfortunately would come with about a minute and fifteen seconds left in the offensive zone, though. That's the <laughs> difference between me and Edmondson. We're gonna take the Edmondson topic. And I'm looking at the chat. Chris asked us, Edmondson rumors. Are they just rumors? If you missed it, uh, it was all the talk on Twitter. Arpin Basu, who covers the Canadians for The Athletic, was on with Ryan Rashog. And he said, if the Oilers wanted Edmondson, the cost could be Xavier Borgo, Yesa Pugliarvi, and a second or third round pick. Not or, but and. 
Joel Edmondson, <laughs> mean physical defenseman. One more year left at three and a half million dollars. If the cost or the ask for Montreal was Borgo, Pugliarvi, and a second or third round pick. Liam, I'll go to you on this one. What are you saying? If Kent Hugh, you're Ken Holland. The mm-hmm. font size on your phone is 36. Nice. And you get the text from Kent Hughes that says, I want or go JP in a second rounder. What do you say back? LMFAO, send. <laughs> He's not better than Brett Kulak, and the Oilers paid less for that. Yeah, Lagason in a second round pick, it was for Kulak. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's not as good. Now you want to give up your best prospect in Bakersfield for that guy? Borgo scored two last night, I think. Yeah. And Pugliarvi? I don't know. Oh, and I, and I, another year? The, yeah, the Pugliarvi value we can argue about. but I, I would I would do the trade without Bar- Borgo. Uh, yeah. Because Edmondson brings something our blue line doesn't have. Maybe, like, but that offer is he's way mean. too high. Well, I'm not saying, put. I'd say remove right. Borgo. I would do a second in Pugliarvi in a heartbeat for Joel Edmondson. He has one more year I on his deal, 3.5 mil. So? What's his next deal? Not going to be that much. No, but what I'm saying Leadership, is... Leadership. Former I, Moose Jaw Warrior, I might add. Oh, well, here, there's the bias. <laughs> like, no shit. Uh, uh, I, I, I wouldn't acquire a guy with term. One year left is term? I would want a pure rental. To me, if you're going to... The left side of your blue line... Has, he brings identity to our blue line. Right now, people can just skate across the blue line with their head down, do whatever the hell they want, and somehow a, a high-danger scoring opportunity just seems to just open up and be created. But if you need a rough-and-tumble mean D-man, then just call up Marcus Niemelein and play the seven defensemen and use that strategy. But like, has he But has he been that this year? Hit, in every chance? Like, the odd hits. time? He hits, yeah. but... It, like he's not the Niemelainen of last year where he had like six games and like he had like 10 explosions. Chance, yeah. Like that's not happening. So like maybe that's not sustainable in, in Niemelainen's game. But just even just the net front, like Niemelainen's still a toothpick. Like he's young and he's light. Like Evanson's got that old man strength. Like I'm not, I'm not like sitting here saying you have to do it, but like that archetype of player is something that we are missing, especially in, 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 in our own zone. Like, you need to have that threat. You need you need that sandpaper. You need that that grit. You need that physicality, and we don't have it. And right now, sometimes we look like pylons. If you're gonna go out and get Edmondson or any defenseman with term beyond this season, then you need to trade Philip Broberg. Because like it, you, if you're looking into at, at next September, well, going then, down the road you're not, a little bit, like right? Broberg Broberg is yeah. I would trade Broberg's got to be part of our chicken deal. Got a couple deals in the How do you fit Chikrin in if you have Nurse, <laughs> Edmondson, Kulak? So, I mean, I feel I'm like, just like, hey, we're, I, we're, I don't disagree about adding Edmondson. I think the Oilers' blue line is soft as butter. Yeah. And they're probably very easy to go up against. Imagine cycling against that team in the offensive zone. It seems very, very chill, very easy. But someone on the blue line's got to go if Edmondson comes in, right? There's just, there's, there's, there's no room to add more beyond that. And I feel like the Oilers' blue line also needs defensemen who are mobile and good at passing. Like, do I think Broberg could be a good NHL defenseman? I still, the jury's still out. And mm-hmm. he needs more time. And the thing is, is I don't think we have the time. We need to convert it into something that's producing now. So, like, to me, he is a movable asset if it addresses a need, especially on the blue line, especially to team toughness. Uh, I so, know Broberg I saw- for Edmondson, I, you heard it here first. That's what you're suggesting? But, I, <laughs> but I'm, I'm talking about the idea of parting with Broberg. Because, again, my point was your left side, I think, next September should be Nurse Kulak Broberg. And but, if you don't, but think, should it be? Okay, but it, but again, it's it's kind of almost like the Pugliarvi discussion we had last week on the show, where if you do, if you are not one hundred percent confident that your blue line next season, I mean, Nurse Kulak Broberg, why are you holding Broberg? It's like hundred percent, hundred percent. That's if, the thing. If you're sitting there right now and Ken and you're Ken Holland and you go, I'm not going to qualify as Pugliarvi. There is nothing he can do to make me want to give him that three point three million dollar qualifying offer. Then you trade him now, and it's the same thing with Broberg. Where like if you're actually the guy you picked ninth overall, however many years ago, if we're getting to this point, if we're going to head into the 2023, 24 season, and you're like, ah, we need to get a D man with term. Then, you know, if you ask, if you have to ask the question, you know, the answer and you got to move on from Broberg. And then maybe you put him into a package to get someone better than Edmondson. I think that's and, my thing too, is the players that they want, we should be able to acquire better players, right? 
for like a Poyavi, Borgo, and a second round pick. Yeah. They should, should bring you back someone better than Edmondson. Oh, uh, I, yeah. yeah. I, I don't agree with the, the trade. Mm-hmm. Like the trade, but you like Edmondson. I like the I like that type okay. of player being like uh-huh. I'm just talking about bringing an Edmondson type to Edmonton and the whole Broberg discussions. We do have to have that conversation because I think he he needs more runway than what we can allow given the current state. Like the fact that our window is open, like the fact our defense are so easy to play against, that is not going to bode well in the playoffs. So you think Chikrin solves that? He adds to he he helps solve. He helps. He's not mean. But he's good defensively. Eh. Is he? Eh. He's okay. I, I just I just don't know about him because he plays for such a useless. Eh, I know team. exactly. He's Ex- never played a meaningful game. He's, that's not a risk I would I would take. Yeah. He, I would well, if the trade if the if if the ass comes down. Yeah. Then I would definitely look at it. But I'm talking about just adding like I'm now talking about adding an Edmondson type to the team. You yeah. need those types of players in the playoffs. Smart Cowboy says Chikrin is a dead horse, too high maintenance. Uh, Rusty says Jay let go of Chikrin. It's okay to say goodbye. I don't think he's a good target for the Oilers. What if um, the price is right? Egan Huber says, do we have no patience in regards to, to wanting to move away a bunch of prospects? Yeah, um, I, I agree. You have to, to quote, I can't remember if it was Uncle Ken, over ripen these players. But right now our window is open. So it's, it, if it takes three years for Broberg to be the defenseman, that we need him to be, we can't afford those three years because our window is the next three years. We have to actually start thinking about the time being now. So like, it's not saying Broberg, we're running you out of town. It's just like Broberg, you need more time to develop. So let's give you to an organization that needs the Broberg from three years from now and trade in on that value now and bring in some pieces that address our immediate needs. Cause we are in a situation where if we don't make these adjustments, we're not going to be able to make any noise in the playoffs. And that's essentially what we need. We owe that to Connor McDavid. We owe that to Leon Dreisaitl. So we have to go and be very critical of our team currently and figure out what moves we can make to address it right now. Because now we need to set up this foundation for these guys to be long-term Oilers. And it comes from going deep runs consistently. And that's be- and we've got a lot of the pieces that we need, but we're still missing a couple. So we have to make those adjustments. That also circles back to kind of what I mentioned earlier on the show with it being shocking that these young guys aren't given a bit more leash. Like, I feel like right now I'd rather see the Oilers lose a game in November or December or whatever because Dylan Holloway made an error or Philip Broberg made an error and he was a, you know, a dash one. But you make those mistakes earlier in the season and then you see the improvement later in the year. And I, for me, it just seems weird. These guys aren't playing more because you have to see it. Cause we we said this before the season, there was like the, for the Oilers to really hit their stride this year, they needed both those two Broberg and Holloway to work out. And they just haven't really been given the chance yet. I know Broberg, the thing is he started the year hurt. So that's kind of Mm -hmm. being behind the eight ball, but it's, it's just perplexing to me. The coaching staff doesn't give them more. And well, Broberg should be, I, I understand our situation, but like he needs to be in Bakersfield. Yeah. If, 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 if they're you not Broberg, I think he's been fine. If they're not playing big minutes here, let them play big minutes in Bakersfield. It has to be one or the other. They have, they can't be sitting and watching from the bench. I don't the, think it's been the NHL is not a developmental league. So either we're going to say Holloway is deserving of a chance and, and move him up and give him more opportunity. I agree. Mm-hmm. Or we're saying, you know what, let's, send him down and have him play 24 minutes a night and be a star and, you know, keep developing that way. Yeah. And come up in March when you have more confidence, come up like guns a blazing after having a huge year in the AHL come up after the trade deadline. If you maybe couldn't pull the trigger and acquire the player you wanted, you bring up your star from the AHL and then they contribute. Like I just, I just don't see Dylan Holloway or Broberg benefiting that much from playing six and eight minutes a night respectively. It's a disservice. Either you give them more opportunity up here, which I think with Holloway, we should try. Uh, maybe not necessarily with Broberg or just send him down. I know it's circumstantial right now. Like, yeah, we, we just have no bodies. We need bodies up here. So like Holloway's still up here. So we don't know what we have there, but like, why don't we, what, why you should be in the top six tonight. I think you should I agree. It'll be interesting to see what there's, the there's there. Doing. He shows like you, you see the player there. Oh yeah. And like and for him, it's just a confidence thing. And it's just making that adjustment to the NHL. Like the tools are there. That's why I don't want to trade either of those guys. It seems like the others for so long didn't do well at finding players, you know, later in in those non one, two, three overall picks. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you, you got to put the effort in and bring these guys along because the talent is there and you can coach them to be the players you need them to be within your group and to just trade them away after two, three years to find someone a few years older. Ah, 
I just don't love it. I, the thing we thought but about, but not in the name of Broberg. You don't think like if if it if it helped address our immediate need for defense, you wouldn't do it. If you it's get a quality left D man with term, Broberg yeah. should be on the table. That's, but that's the only way. It's just it doesn't seem like there's that many names on the table that really really make sense. That I'd rather just have them try and develop this guy internally, like to become the Oscar Clefbaum replacement. We all thought he was going to be that when they drafted. Him. Well, let's talk about like, it's, it's a bigger issue than just that. Like it's like right now we have to talk about it because we have to address this need. It's it's, you see these other teams, you look at New Jersey, you know, you look at Colorado and they're getting these like cornerstone defensemen, defensive defensemen for very little acquisition costs. And, and meanwhile, it's just like flying like under our radar. Now, Josh Manson last year went for a second round pick and a prospect, which is the same as the Kulak cost and is apparently significantly less than what it's going to cost to acquire Joel Edmondson for some reason. So like, like it's those little misses that like actually put the pressure and the timer on Brober. Yeah. Right. So like it's, it's a bigger problem, but the reality is, is this is what we have to deal with. So like, what can we do? It's not a, like, I, I, I get it. Like it's, it's not about turn your back on them. It's just like if it turns into something that, you know, sets us up for the next two, three years, that's very important. Well, this nation every day is always coming to you live from the sports closet studio. Christmas just around the corner, 20 days away or a little bit. No, 20 days away. Yeah. 20 days away. That beautiful. Is that your math? Did you that say 20 your, minutes? 25 20 minutes, minus five. 20 minutes away. I thought you said 20 minutes 25 away. Minus five. <laughs> that it's feels 20. like I'm going to blink and Santa's going to be here. Sportscloset.ca. Math is hard, but they make Christmas shopping easy for the sports fan in your life. St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall. I feel like I messed that up. No, I didn't. I know that. I know that. It wasn't math. That so was you good. nailed it. Yeah, it was good. It was all good. Uh, let's get into the Sherwood Ford giant game day part of today's show. The Washington Capitals roll into town. They beat the Oilers back in November, but this is a Capitals team that honestly, there hasn't been a lot going well for them so far this season. They've been consistently banged up. They are struggling to keep pucks out of their net. Darcy Kemper's out for tonight as well. So we're not going to see their number one goalie. And they have been a horrible road team. Just three wins in 14 <laughs> road games this year. It just year. lines up perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah. Someone was tweeting me yesterday when the Oilers went down one nothing because I said, on the Saturday edition of uh, of the pregame show that I felt good about the Oilers heading into that game. And I like every time I feel good about the Oilers, they find a way to disappoint me. But they came through Saturday. They got their third straight win on home ice. I think there's reasons to feel good about this Oilers team and this matchup specifically. Charlie Lindgren is expected to be the starter for the Washington Capitals. He has only started in six games so far this season. Three of them sub 900. Three of them above 900. He's a mixed bag. He's 50-50. And I think on home ice where the Oilers have last change against a banged up Washington team who are also going to be without Martin Faravee, among others. This is a matchup where I look and go, the Oilers should be able to get the best of the Capitals. I mean, they should. Just like when they went to Washington, they should have beat them. Their penalty kill shit their pants. <laughs> so they gave up like three or four goals on the PK. Can't take any penalties. That's the rule. If you're the Oilers, your penalty kill is so bad, you cannot take a penalty. And you need to draw 10 penalties. That's where you're at. You have to out penalty the other team by like at least five. Yeah. If we don't have 15 minutes of power play time, <laughs> we're screwed. You got to, you got to get, you got to dupe somebody into taking a five minute major while they're already killing a penalty as the key. That's what I think the Oilers did really well against Montreal. I, I want to challenge everyone tonight to watch Ovi on the power play. It is almost comical. He literally, he, you can just, you can just put a chair, put a chair right at the top of the circle and he will just sit in it and not move until like the puck comes. And then through. most of the time when it's iced, he just moves back like 15 feet, just <laughs> enough to get on side. Like, then he's right he back is in. just here to get that record. And then sometimes if they're, if they're, if they're playing it too much, he then just kind of goes just to the, to the far post. Like it is funny to watch how little he moves on the power play <laughs> and yet he's still effective. You know what's coming. Oh, you yeah. Know, you know the OV one-timer is coming. It's just it's that good that even though you're prepared for it. And it's he didn't stuff. burn the Oilers with a one-timer last game, but he did burn them with just an absolute rocket of a wrister from the top of the And circle. who lost the foot race with him? I can't remember who that was. Did Kulak blur, blow a tire on that player? No, I think Kulak it was Bouchard. Needs Bouchard. Bouchard. Holy yeah. cow, does he blow a tire? I, I think it's slowed down, but yes. man. Uh, the injury report for the Capitals. Buckle up for this. Nicholas Backstrom, Carl Hagelin, Tom Wilson, Connor Brown, Dmitry Orlov, Martin Faravee, and Darcy Kemper. They are missing seven regulars from their lineup tonight. One guy who is out, who I actually look at and kind of go like, that might be an intriguing deadline ad. Dmitry Orlov. 
He's been on some runs to the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. He's got some like nasty physical bite to his game, and he moves the puck really well. Mm-hmm. I'd be really intrigued to take a look at Dmitry Orlov. You have to think that the Caps are probably writing off the season to some yeah. degree. Tank for Bedard? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we were joking about yes. this before the show. Can you imagine if Connor Bedard landed on the Capitals and it's like, hey, generational centerman, there you go play with Ovi for the first five years of your career. That'd be unbelievable. Well, I'm sure the Cavs I think it's a great fit. I'd love that. There's so many other teams when you look at the bottom of the standings where you think it'd be gross if Connor Bedard went there like Arizona or Anaheim. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. Columbus. I'd really rather not see that. Vancouver. Gross. It'd be fun to see him play on a team like this and play alongside Alex Ovechkin for a year or two. Well, Ovi's definitely cool. good. Even though, like, I think the misnomer on Bedard is like, he's actually a sniper. He is. He's yeah. not like a setup guy. So like, yeah. I don't know if him and Ovi should be on the same line. Chris Peters prospect guru said Bedard's shot. He saw Austin Matthews' shot when he was 16. He said Bedard's shot at 16 is better than Matthews was at 16. It is. That guy changes angle. Like it's Rifles sick apart. and it is zipped. What about Mitchkov? Man, like, him potentially the, to the Capitals yeah. would be... That's cool. Yeah, too. because he has that thing where he has two years left on his KHL deal after he gets drafted. So yeah, I think is it three? Yeah, well, I well, think Washington has some probably. Oh. Well, they're kind See, of in a good spot to take avatar. him if he falls to them. So that's what I—that was the first thought that popped in my head when you said that was, man. If there was anyone who could get Mitchkov out of that KHL deal, it is one hundred percent pulling a pulling a favor from umpire. Yeah. Anyway, isn't he their draft pick? Who? Mitchkov, like he's the guy that's expected the, to go right behind. He's Bedard. the icon. No, to the, oh, he's the jackal. Well, he'll gotcha. probably it's, fall because he's he signed a KHL deal that was six years. Oh, and and he this was this, so that's the video I saw of him taking his first skate with Zuska, or is this yeah. the yeah, Caps draft? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and also there's Adam Fantilli in the draft, but uh, this is an Oilers show, so this we so luckily nice. don't need to talk about the. Hopefully top not. End, but, yeah, don't jinx well, it. Come on, but well, this goes back to I think the Caps are open for business. Yeah, I think they are. And I would be really intrigued with a guy like Dmitry Orlov if you could find a way to kind of make the money work what's, there yeah, what's as the well. Five, uh, 5.15 mil. And the money's way lower. I don't, I don't think they can eat the money, though. They have to get a third team involved and launder some money, but they never do that. Yeah. We always talk about that. Oh, yeah, find a third team to get involved, but it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it usually doesn't work out quite that well. $5.1 um, $1 million cap hit, but the base salary is only 1.3 mil. And how many years left? Just one. It's uh, over at the end of this year, and he has a five-team no-trade list. So eh. Package that up with a good veteran centerman like Lars Eller. Oh, I have so much time for that guy. You made the money work. Like They have a couple of intriguing options. That, uh, well, just throw in Tom Wilson while we're at it. Yeah, something tells me they aren't, they aren't too... Or aren't going to be too quick to try and move a guy like Tom Wilson, but things are not going well in Washington. Is I would uh, trade Borgo for Tom Wilson. I'd be on board for that too. Well, and yeah. Poliavi on a second or a third. Yes, <laughs> I'd probably even go first. Yeah, maybe two. I'm glad you feel that way, Liam. You're a big Tom Wilson guy, hey? <laughs> hey, if we're talking about someone being gritty for the Oilers, I think and Tom can Wilson. Score. Yeah, Tom Wilson brings that. Throw him so. on the blue line in the penalty kill. May as well. Maybe a nightmare in front of the net for the other forwards to deal with. Uh, the Washington Capitals on the special teams are very good. Top 10 penalty kill on the year. They've been consistently top 10 as well. Not really much of a hot and cold team. So that could present a challenge for the Edmonton Oilers this evening. But it is worth noting when Darcy Kemper is in that, he does help them a lot and masks a lot of their issues. This season would be going. Why didn't we sign Kemper? It's the same deal as Campbell. Just hypothetical. I think that's a really fair question. Okay, that's it. Yeah, because there was talk about the Oilers um, yeah. being interested in trading for him before Colorado traded for him mm-hmm. in the previous offseason. And then there just wasn't much talk about it this summer. It was kind of just like, Campbell's the Oilers guy. It's going to happen. Well, it was, we uh, both knew. were predetermined. Like, yeah, well was- in advance. Campbell 5x5, five five, Kemper 5x5, five five, Edmonton, Washington. Let's move on. Let's get to the short for giant keys to victory tonight for the Oilers. The Bison Mask guy is in on the YouTube chat. Yeah, says, Oilers guy. need to be smarter on the power play. Can't afford to give up. Uh, or sorry, smarter on the PK, can't afford to give up many power play chances. Too many chances on the Oilers when they're on the power play or when they're on the penalty kill. Yeah, got to clean it up. Got to clean up the, the PK. That's a short for that statement. Also, the eye test does. Yeah. Uh, for me, I my key to the game is going to be Kyler Yamamoto, actually. 
He's back in. First yeah. time in 11 games. He's yeah. going to be in the lineup. Let's see if Yamo can be that little buzzsaw. If he plays with McDavid and Dreisaitl and moves Hyman down the lineup a little bit and gives them a more well-rounded top six, there's a chance for him to make an impact that way. Or even if he's not on that top line with 97 and 29, go be that little buzzsaw, honey badger, Kyler Yamamoto that we came to love. Create some energy, create some scoring chances. And, you know, he was struggling before he got hurt. Show us that you're healthy and ready to be impactful. So my short four giant key to the game is going to be Kyler Yamamoto. Liam, what do you got? What's your key to the game? Uh, the Yamamoto one's a good one. It's funny. We keep talking about the penalty kill and they're like actually barely ever going to the box the last few games. Like they're only giving up like three penalties a game, which is yeah, like but we're still a lot. Scored and we just can't do anything. Gotta get that down to zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or yes. It just shows how bad it is, I guess. I think um I think just like a good defensive performance is kind of something I want to see tonight. Yeah. Just kind of dial it in. Like obviously Washington has guys who can score goals, but it'd be nice to see them not make us just think about how is this gonna end? Like just so have a comfortable victory. You, you have that statement, but I see it's already set up on the screen here what your bet is for the game. So that's a very well, uh, we'll get into I that. Mean, uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> just just I have to question that. You always gotta bet that when the Oilers are playing. Oh, of course. <laughs> you can drop your keys to the game, short for giant keys to victory in the YouTube chat. And we'll get to a view of them. Coombsy, you got a key to victory? Uh I think a key to victory would be it'd be nice to get a depth goal. You have the Yamamoto one there. Let's see if, um, how about a key to victory for me then is Dylan Holloway actually getting some ice time and, and driving some offense. Maybe I like the that. Third line. I like, I, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Uh, outplay Washington five on five. Be the better team at five on five. Be the better team. If they're the better team at five on five, like again, I know Charlie Lindgren was good that last time they matched up, but if you're the Oilers, if you win this five on five matchup, you pepper him with shots at even strength. If the play is in their end more than it's in your end, I'll go ahead and say they don't just win. They probably win pretty handedly tonight. I, I would agree. Uh, you mentioned the Oilers and their penalty taking. They're actually the second most penalized team in terms of time shorthanded on the season. And in the month of November, they were 10th in the NHL in penalties taken per game. So it's a little bit of an issue, but you're right. There's too many games like Montreal where they actually do stay out of the yeah. box. And then they go give up two shorthanded goals. I just looked at the last three. So against, okay. against Minnesota, they, they allowed three power plays scored they scored once yep. uh chicago they were went oh four for four and then florida was one for four so the last time they allowed five penalties in a game was the islanders and they lost three nothing and that is shorthanded goal scored against them but no uh power play goal scored against them so the one night the pk is good the power play lets them down you can't win you truly cannot win right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Check. Hey, check. Agreed. Smart Cowboys, stay out of the box. Best PK is the one you don't have to play. And I love that. I think that is very well put. Uh, Smart Cowboy also predicting a Cliff Shady dropping of the mitts. He's been getting engaged. He was going after Revo, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was in the mini game. I feel like there's a 
it's it's, it's, it's per- percolating. I agree. We have we had a, like our actual fight this year, like an actual actual. Uh, Fogel tried. But yeah, that's the he, only one after I can he suicide. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh man, when he when he set Holloway up to get killed. That's the only yeah, one I can he, think of. Nimaline and Turtled when he tried to fight yeah. after he laid out Ekholm. Not yeah. been the same since. Yeah, yeah. Like, See, that's 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 the yeah. thing about Nimaline, and I think he can be silenced. Um, yeah, you can't throw you. Cooley Harvey's been credited with a fight. Oh, <laughs> Nurse. Nurse, Nurse on Adler wasn't technically yeah. a fight. Yeah. Apparently, according to hockeyfights.com, just one. The only one this year was Jesse Pugliarvi <laughs> versus Kiefer Sherwood. I have no it's, memory of that happening. It's because it wasn't a fight. This, wasn't this, it? It, was, yeah. it was absolute BS. It was, it was you know, under a minute to go left in the third period. That was the game where they beat Nashville handily, right? Yeah. Six, yeah. Three or something. And Kiefer Moore went on waivers. Uh, Kiefer Sherwood went on waivers the next day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we punched him out of the league. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Yessa gets into a fight too. Maybe he's the new. Well, player. he's been more physically. Like, so, that, like the one thing I'll give Pouliard credit is that, like, he's just leaning into the physicality and checking of his game. And with that body of his, it can be effective. So, like, I'm I'm happy with what he's doing. Now, is that a three million dollar player? Absolutely not. But I'm happy that like it's 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 contributing. Between the pipes tonight, we mentioned Charlie Lindgren for the visitors. Stuart Skinner is going to be getting the call once again for the Oilers. I think it's the right call. I had that Arizona game pegged as when you give Jack Campbell his next start. Easy matchup. Team that doesn't score a lot, doesn't generate a ton of offense. Cross your fingers. Give Campbell the easiest matchup. I love that they're going back to Stu tonight. It's, after. Like, it's effectively like sending him to the AHL. Yeah, do we want to talk about the waivers yes. thing on the show? Did, we, did you talk about that on another show before? We've talked about it. Why? Are you a fan of that? I think it's a fine idea. I think he'd obviously clear it through. And I'm, my big worry is that they're going to play Skinner too much and run him into the ground. Yeah, I think you're hoping that by the just, time that happens, Campbell's figured out with hope, a few more yeah. NHL starts. It's just like, at this point, honestly, it's kind of bizarre to say this, but you feel better throwing Calvin Picard into a game right now than Jack Campbell. Probably. Well, well, we should probably give him some reps anyways. Did we not notice, though, on Saturday night, and it led to a goal, that Skinner was giving up some big rebounds? There was yeah. the one goal in particular where he just kicked and it all, and It almost slot. happened. He did the same thing yeah. again. It almost yep. happened twice. Still finished the game with a 909. Still gets a nice stop. You know what? No Anything criticism. with a nine, I will take these days. That's all the Oilers ever often. need. No, yeah. But that's not a good thing. That's the whole thing. Like, but that we, is a good thing. It's not a good thing. This team's built to outscore their problems that, in a way. But that is not, that's a regular season. Like uh, they literally made it to the conference finals by just scoring a shitload of goals. Hey, Mike and Smith. Had Mike had some, Smith. Mike, Mike Smith had some big games. Mike Smith had some massive. Game seven games. against the Kings. Shut up. And we had and we had Duncan Keith. They I'm also had a game where they won despite Mike Smith giving up a goal from the other end of the ice. So, like, <laughs> don't say that in the playoffs they couldn't outscore their there problems. Was, they did. Was, Mike Smith gave yeah. one up on the ice against Calgary. They were down 2 nothing. like, and immediately. Then, and then we played the Colorado Avalanche, and then they couldn't. We, we got into one yeah. track meet with them, and after that, we were getting contained. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. You know why? Because they have defense. Mm. They do. Let's get into our Betway bets for this evening's game. I'm going to wrap up the show with that because I just realized we are going very long on, uh, on today's program. Let's but go. we love it. The chat is buzzing. bunch of people watching. It's effect. It is all Come great. It's, it's the Coombsy effect. I like this kind of four-man panel we have going on, too. I think this might mm, be like a panel, you say. Eh? Oh, is that a tease mm. for something we might be working on? Uh, Liam, what do you got for the bets tonight, courtesy of our friends at Betway? Well... The one Jay spoke about before was the over. Alluded. <laughs> Alluded. <laughs> a little, spoiler, little spoiler ahead of it. It's called the tease, Liam. They taught us that in broadcasting school. 6-1 Oilers. <laughs> 6-1 Oilers. <laughs> low scoring game. Let's yeah. go. I only, guess low scoring for the opponent. And then, I mean, Dry Sile, if he's playing with McDavid, you got to take him at plus money, right? Well, if like, you get a power yep. play. Yeah. Or just anytime he's on the ice with McDavid or That all. guy is on fire. He's buzzing. I was looking at Hyman too. He's like plus one twenty-five. Yes, yeah. I'm all over the Hyman. That's one of my yeah. favorite bets tonight. Where he's Hyman to score. Yeah, if I kind of like that too. If he's he's if he's is there a bet for Ovechkin to score a power play goal? That seems inevitable. You can get. How about Ov and Drysaddle to score at plus two hundred? I think that's a and point. couple out with an Oilers win. I think you can get Oilers win on a pre-build. Oilers win. Ov and Leon to score. Oh, but then what if you're rooting for that OV goal late? That's that's. I think he, I think Ovechkin's going to score a power play goal like five minutes into the game. We're all going to be so mad, and then the others are going to wind up winning the I'm game. Like four bet. How about this one from Betway? The first goal of the game from either team to be a power play goal at plus one seventy five. That's an interesting one. That's tempting. Like <laughs> Oilers to win money line. Connor and Ovechkin both to get. 
get an assist. Like if Ovechkin, okay. I, I feel like it's automatic. Okay, Oilers to win money line. Connor and Ovechkin both to get a power play point. Whoa, plus four fifty. Interesting. Yeah. Spicy. That who's, is that is delicious. That's what I like about Betway. Who's refing the game? Is it is it guys that uh fall a ton of penalties? Can Surveyor Brett give us the scouting the refs report, please? Yep. Brett's gotta be in there and he'll probably yeah, know on, who's refing. Uh Ovechkin, uh Oilers to win, Ovechkin and McDavid both to score, plus five fifty. There I think there's some goal in scores tonight. <laughs> Could cash into something <laughs> real nice. For me, I love the Hyman goal. I think that is a great spot. This one, I think Evan Bouchard shots is another area I'm going to go because oh, I didn't hit it last one. game. He didn't hit it last he game. He had but zero. Exactly. So he'll be itching He's to start pump. pumping pucks. Is, on it, net. is it? Is it plus money again? Yeah, it's plus one twenty-five. Oh, that's nice. That's a that's a juicy. Um, so Liam or Liam is going with Leon and the over. I'm going to take a Hyman goal, Bouchard shot prop, and the Oilers on the puck line. Those are going to be my three big plays tonight. What do you What do you like, Genjay? I'm definitely doing Oilers money line with. The OV and McDavid power play point. Okay. Uh, I think that's fun. I'm going to sprinkle just because he's had a tough start. He's coming back from injury. Let's get a Yamo goal. You know, not only does Yamamoto need that, like, I think we can collectively say we all need that. Yeah. It'd be really good to see him get one. So we're going to, I'm going to try to manifest that. And then, yeah, I'm going to dig around. Uh, I know I'm going to do Oilers uh, in regulation because it's minus 106. Puck that's, line that's plus 160. Come on. I might sprinkle a little on the yeah, puck line. Puck line sprinkle. Let's go. Another good place to look is former Oilers on Washington, and they have that D-man <laughs> that they never signed, Eric Gustafson. Mm. He's probably going to score a goal. There you go. I have the former officials Oilers. for this evening. Okay. Furman South. Never heard of him. Next. Averages 2.9 penalties a game, which is 26 in the league. Sorry, okay. 3.6. Okay. No, first one. Okay. No. Second one, 3.6, okay. 28th in the league. <laughs> the other guy, you may have heard of him, Chris Rooney. Yes. Oh, yeah. 4.2, which is the third most. Ooh, in the that's the Corey Perry pad guy, right? Am no, I you're thinking of Graham Skilleter, I think. Am I? No, I think yeah. it was Rooney. Was it Rooney? It was Rooney. Let me Google that. Wasn't it Ryan Kessler? Yeah, the Ryan Kessler pad grab. Sorry, but he there was a, was there was a quote where someone says, what am I going to tell Corey? Oh, that was yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> Hot Mike? <laughs> yeah, it was. Referees were Rooney and Francois Saint Laurent. There you go. Uh, we got score predictions in the chat. Lance says 2-1 Oilers. Smart Cowboy says 3-2 Oilers. Tyler's in and says, damn, missed this episode on my way to work. Hope it was a good one. If you miss any of the episodes, they're available in podcast form. So search Oilers Nation every day wherever you get your podcasts from. Or just go to YouTube and click play. Or you can watch it again. But I'm just saying, you know, some people drive around for work. They can't always sit and watch a YouTube video. You so this the, pod, the podcast version is available. It's an option. It is an option. Couple of people predicting a Yamo breakout tonight as well, which I don't mind at all. I think we'd all love to see that. Uh, shout out to our friends at Betway 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. That's going to be a wrap on a little roundtable edition of Oilers Nation Every Day coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. If you enjoyed the show today, hit the like button before you close your window. Hit the subscribe button on the Nation Network if you haven't already. Shout out to Liam, who did a fantastic job with all the graphics, our technical producer, Alex Lard, and all of our wonderful sponsors. Soho, Cornerstone, and Sherwood Ford, the Giant. Thanks for watching. We'll be back tomorrow, noon Mountain Time. Talk to you then.